Good morning and a huge welcome from Joanna, Izzy and myself, Josie, to our podcast on the topic of the UK's hostile environment using Windrush scandal as a consequence. As our podcast surrounds the debate of citizenship in the UK, we thought it relevant to introduce our own status within this environment to begin with. So Joanna, do you want to go first? Hi, it's Joanna and just to say I'm excited to be talking about this topic with you, Josie. Mm-hmm. So I was born here in the UK, I've lived here my whole life, studied here and worked here, yet I'm not a British citizen. I have Portuguese nationality and have settled status in the UK under the EU Settlement Scheme. I have tried to apply for a British citizenship, but I have to pay a minimum of £1,000 fee to even apply and have to go through a series of tests to pass. It's much easier to just stick with my Portuguese nationality, but it has been a huge barrier in applying for jobs and studying as I must constantly prove my immigration status. Yeah, I can imagine. That's a great example of the difficulty people, people like yourself have only experienced the UK as home have. Thanks, Joanna. We'll come on to more circumstances of this soon. Izzy, how do you describe yourself in terms of citizenship and nationality? Hey, so my name's Isabel. Um, my status is that I am a British citizen from African descent mm. and I hold a British passport. However, this was not the case for my grandparents who moved here in search for a better life, exactly what the migrants we speak about throughout this podcast are doing. Wow, yeah, so they could have actually come from a background where they suffered gaining citizenship in the past. Yeah, definitely. My grandparents still talk about how hard it was migrating here and the difficulties they faced trying to get housing, a job and then having children on Mm. top of that. They didn't feel welcomed into the UK. The UK is glamorised to potential migrants as rich and the ideal place to live. How about you, Josie? What's your status here in the UK? Sorry, just giggling about glamorised. It's really not. But I'm a white British citizen with a long history of English ancestry, but challenging migration discourses and politics as a sociologist is something I do feel passionately about, and I'm looking forward to discussing this with you both today. So shall we begin with the background of this so-called hostile environment, Joanna? Yeah, definitely. In 2012, Theresa May aimed to reduce immigration in the UK, creating a hostile environment for migrant citizens. Still can't believe she used that term. It's so wrong, isn't it? The hostile environment is a collection of policies surrounding migration enforcement in the UK. They have been developed over the past 15 years, a long-term project, as Etienne Balabas suggests. The policies intended to make life in the UK challenging for migrants, specifically those unable to easily prove their immigration status in the UK. Mm. It had the aim of becoming a deterrence of pull factors and a push factor for any migrant already residing in the UK. Yes, and data sharing is a push factor. Mm. Data sharing is a policy which allowed Home Office immigration enforcement teams to act as people's data. Personal data being shared such as children's school records, patients' confidential medical records and even their addresses. This is a massive impediment to migrants' day-to-day lives as they are too afraid to send their children to school or even seek medical help and exclude them from essential services we all use. So bad. I'll be talking about all the victims of the hostile environment who are not illegal but still suffering consequences of the hostility, which will then lead nicely to the topic of Windrush victims shortly after. And Joanna? I'll be looking at the hostile environment has a detrimental effect on migrants' mental health, specifically looking at depression and suicide. How about you, Isabel? Um, I will be discussing how data sharing is an element of hostile environment approach and it has how it has consequences for everyone, but specifically to those who don't appear to belong in the UK. Perfect. Shall I begin with mental health? Go for yeah. it. A 1977 study by Cochrane found that the admission rates to mental hospitals for British-born individuals was 265 per 100,000, 
Whereas for immigrants, these rates were higher at 495, close to double. Mm. Bugra delves into these findings and suggests that the two reasons for the differences in statistics is that migrants face culture shock and conflict, and in relation to the hostile environment in the UK, immigration laws and policing have isolated migrants, presented them as others. This was done through their different culture, norms and values, religion and so forth. British people make them feel unwelcomed, which may trigger depression in migrants. This is evident in migrant hunts led by far-right individuals. They pose as journalists to get close to asylum seekers and then be abusive towards them, and this has been reported by the Times to have doubled in recent years. The World Health Organization states that the prevalence of common mental health disorders, such as depression, tends to be higher among migrants exposed to adversity, adversity such as a hostile environment. So these migrant hunts are just trying to seek people out. That links really well to what I'm going to discuss. To discuss. A major issue with creating this hostile environment is that the consequences fall on everyone in society, not just those the government aims to reprimand, so the illegal migrants. So the knock-on effects don't just impact those the government are trying to target. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. It impacts everyone. It impacts us. Everyone faces the consequences of these policies. This might shock you, but 10 million UK residents don't have passports just because they either haven't renewed them or have never been abroad. They've just never needed to get a passport. So, of course, document checking, though, is unequally targeted and ethnic minorities are aware of this. For example, after the tragic Grenfell Tower event, those who were injured or should have been checked in a hospital were too fearful of being victim to the document checks due to threat of detention and deportation. Therefore, they didn't go to hospital, and so ethnic minorities' health care declined as a result of the ways they have witnessed the Immigration Acts to treat foreign-looking nationals or legal migrants, legal migrants in the UK. In addition to this, there are those who fall victim to this hostile environment just by living here. The public sector and welfare have lost the trust of many citizens due to the intrusive data sharing that defies a national health system that is meant to preserve confidentiality of the patient, not share it. Izzy, you have more information on the impact of data sharing, don't you? Yes. The Immigration Act applied in 2016 extended to a wide range of third parties to help enforce migration control and was focused on preventing the illegal migrants in the UK from accessing housing, driving licences and bank accounts. Imagine that, walking into a bank and not being allowed to open an account because because the Home Office doesn't think you belong in the country. This policy encouraged public engagement as employers of many services as private private enforcers of border control as these third parties were responsible for conducting immigration checks and reporting back the results to the Home Office. There are many migrants who can't access the care they need because of these harsh policies. Data sharing really is a big problem for everyone in the UK then. Mm. Yes, it's so intrusive as the private information of an individual is shared without their consent or their knowledge. It's an un- it is unfair as it, it treats migrants as suspects as soon as their name is in- entered into a public sector system. Sharing data with the Home Office seems understandable, but it was revealed that they are using this data for reasons other than what they initially sought out to do. For example, the government had acquired data on distribution and needs of rough sleepers. Groups of migrants sleeping rough were targeted by immigration enforcement teams and told they had no right to sleep rough. This data intended to allow for the allocation of services to protect this vulnerable, vulnerable group 
and then used it to target areas for immigration enforcement against homeless migrants. So it was like they were protecting them and then they used it against them. It could be argued that the policy aimed to incite fear onto the migrants. Yeah, they fear that their data will be shared where they could potentially face deportation and prison being sent to prison-like detention centres. Therefore, they are hesitant of coming forward and getting the care they need. The policies create a hostile environment for undocumented migrants and migrants of all different immigration statuses because the measures are so oppressive. Mm. One example is the hostile environment being enacted in healthcare. People having to pay money for medical treatments that they simply don't have. So bad. And this hostility happens with policing as well, right? Yeah. There have been cases where victims of terrible crime who have suffered some of the most serious crimes, including domestic abuse and serious sexual offences, are deterred from going to the police station because they risk deportation. Mm. The policy limits um, access to justice for some of the most disadvantaged members of our society and make it more likely that perpetrators will receive light sentences and commit new crimes. Mm. A case from 2017 where a migrant woman, she went to the police to report her rape and abduction. She was then brought to a shelter which offered emergency assistance to rape victims. Where she thought she would be protected, she was unfortunately arrested at the shelter. Oh my goodness. Taken to a police station where she was questioned over her immigration status. So unfortunately, migrants are marginalised by the criminalisation process, which makes it easier to detain them. Mm. Consequences such as this lead to many people committing suicide as a result. But you know more about this, don't you, Joanna? Yeah, there exists a strong link between immigration and suicidal behaviour, specifically for the individuals migrating, but also the family left behind in the country of origin. Delia and Ratkowska break down the complexity of migration to suicide by delving into how there exist three stages of migration that each lead to and increase suicidal intentions. Oh, okay. So can you tell us about these three stages? The three stages are pre-migration, which includes the decision to migrate and the preparation, immigration, the physical transfer, and post-migration, which is migrants' integration and acceptance into society, which is what I'll be focusing on. How might that affect migrants' mental health? The physical process of moving in itself can be mentally challenging, but it is the new social and cultural context that has the biggest impact on suicide. We have to remember that for migrants, they have to learn the laws of the UK, its norms and values, pay differences, so much that we do not even realise as we have grown up with it. On top of all of that, the UK is not the most pleasant place to integrate into due to their hostile environment and what Isabel discussed as data sharing. To settle into the UK and access healthcare, migrants must provide proof of their immigration status, provide documents and have a permanent address, which is near to impossible to have straight away. Haim describes the system as dysfunctional. The stress of migration causes their mental health to deteriorate, but once they're here, they can't access healthcare. They are left alone, unsupported, which leads to their suicidal behaviours, as Delio and Ratkowska states. The Guardian reports that UK asylum seekers, which are a type of migrant, are at unprecedented risk of suicide, as they are not accessing any healthcare due to the fear of deportation. Moving to the UK in search of a better life has led some migrants, sadly, to their death. So bad. The hostility under these policies has a negative impact all around for all different kinds of victims. Don't you agree, Josie? 